This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, welcome back to the show. Carter Bryant coming up in 10 minutes, and then we go out to Los Angeles, and Joe Curley of the Ventura County Star is going to give us a little behind the scenes of the Rams as they get ready to come to New Orleans and take on the Saints in the NFC Championship. Welcome back to the show. Open lines until then at 504-260-1870. And our text line is 870-870. Blue Runner Foods opinion poll. How loud will it get in the Superdome on Sunday? Loud? Really loud? OMG, I can't hear myself think loud. Hopefully all our votes go. Stack the deck on that vote. We do it once in a while. Our Blue Runner Foods opinion poll. Online at WWL.com. Piece online, uh, an opinion piece from Christian Garrick at WWL.com, who hopes Will Lutz is ready for his moment against the Rams. That's an interesting one. I was on WLAE-TV with uh, uh, Eric Asher on his television program and and Chris Hagan, who, by the way, I didn't know, Tim, uh, college roommates at LSU, you and Chris Hagan. I was hearing some epic beer pong tales. Need to hear more of these from you two. Yeah, you used to run the table or something? Do you ever lose? Never lost? Well, when you just when you stay on the table, you keep winning. You don't have to, yes. to drink. So that's how I made my way through. Which college. oddly, in that game, it's harder to win the longer you stay on the table. Usually, right? Supposedly supposed to be. You never have to drink a drink. Then you, you stay sober. <laughs> well, that's that's true. Oh, maybe that's a great way to stay sober. It's true. But Will Lutz, and not that it concerns me, he's been so good this year. He broke uh, Morton Anderson's record, Saints' record for consecutive field goals. So consistent, especially inside. Uh, 50 yards but there's just a, a tinge of hesitation from me in this matchup of two very good kickers Greg Zerline of the LA Rams who just has an all-world leg he could make it from 65 yards plus in a dome condition I will have this week against Will Lutz who missed that 50 plus yarder you know what kind of sealed it against the Eagles and Tell you that Saints defense and Marshawn Lattimore bailed him out because if the Saints had lost that game, we would be talking about that missed kick from Will Lutz. And kickers are such interesting, are an interesting species mentally. One little mental breakdown or a crack in that mental shell of theirs, and things can kind of go haywire sometimes. I am not saying I don't trust Will Lutz. He's been so consistent. But the biggest pressure spot of his life, not only did he miss a kick, it wasn't close. Tim, did you see that kick from Lutz and you see how wide right he missed that thing? Was not even close. I got to tell you, kicking, big part of that is mental. I hope that that was just a complete aberration here. And Will Lutz will be fine here in the Dome, and maybe he has his own Garrett Hartley moment. That's what we hope for. Redemption for Will Lutz. Watch that. I'll tell you this, though. Hold your breath the first time he lines up for a field goal attempt. Because if he misses that one, and he goes back-to-back misses with what happened last week, and he misses here on Sunday, watch out. It might have a problem here. 
not saying I expect a problem. I'm just throwing it out there. Just be prepared for that. I know you'll be holding your breath with me on that one. To the phone lines we go, Homer in Gonzalez. Welcome to the show, Homer. Yes, uh, so, yeah, the problem I had whenever uh, Will once kicked the field goal at that time and uh, Coach Payton decided to uh, send the field goal unit out was that, you know, like we did miss it, we gave the Eagles the ball back with such great field position. And like you said earlier, had Marshall and Lattimore not made that interception, who knows which way that game would have gone. I have a feeling on which way that game. I have a feeling which way that game would have gone, Homer. We've seen Foles do it before. That's the way it was winding up. I'm tell you, Marshawn Lattimore doesn't, and they're in that spot and play the deflection game. I'm probably talking about a missed opportunity, another lost season here. I mean, I've just seen it before. But here we are, a little fortune. That's fine. We saw what happened last year with Saints Vikings, so I'm not complaining about it. But yeah, bailed him out here. So kicking in that spot, that is also an interesting discussion here, Homer. And the analytics in that spot with the yardage they had to go after the was a five-yard loss on the play before that, it says to kick in that spot because you have, uh, depending on the kicker, it's somewhere between 55 and 65% chance to actually make that kick and end the game. And even if you don't, you still got a good chance if you don't allow a touchdown to win the game. And even if you do allow a touchdown, your offense has a chance to come back and actually score there. So the analytics say you go for that field goal attempt there. I have no problem with that, even though you are right. You give the Eagles extremely good field position. Especially with Will Lutz. I mean, I mean, it's a little retrospective by me. I'm the one who's bringing this up to say, and I'm not saying don't kick in that spot. A little retrospective to say, oh, I don't know about Will Lutz kicking that field goal there. 50-plus yards. He's been so good this year. You'd have the ultimate trust in him. Tim Zimmer has been all over these South Florida kickers, Tim. Are you still all over Will Lutz here? Do you have any faith in Will Lutz? Well, Cody Parkey, he's from South Florida, and so is Blair Walsh. And you know what happens to those <laughs> two kickers. Why, what is it with these South Florida kickers? It's weird. And you have your boy from Tampa Bay who got cut. He's also a South Florida kicker. Uh, Guayo is Was that kid. true? Yeah, he's from he's from South Florida. It's just if huh. your if your kicker's from South Florida, it's probably probably not a good thing. Luckily, George, I mean, um, Will Lutz is from Georgia, so we're good there. And I didn't know this, but Goskowski for the Patriots, he's actually from Baton Rouge. Who knew that? Like he was born in Baton he was Rouge. Born in Baton Rouge. I didn't Steven know that. Goskowski. and uh, I want to say um, the kicker for um, the Chiefs, he uh, Buck- Herman Bucker. Bucker. Yeah. He's from Georgia as well. So no South Florida kickers left in the play. So you're saying you trust Georgia kickers? How about a little Cole Tracy action? Trust Cole Tracy in this spot? I actually have to find out where he's from. That'd be interesting to know. <laughs> Cole Tracy's going to kick in the NFL next year, I would think. Uh, text, text from the 609. No more Lutz talk. Don't jinx him, man. Both of you stop talking about kickers. I'm not jinxing anybody. If you think I can jinx somebody here, come on now. Who's the best kicker in the league, Tim? The Rams kickers, their line. Well, uh, over 50 yards, yeah. He's maybe one of the best kickers all time, 50-plus yards. Made a 63-yarder, I believe, to tie the record. Earlier. He did this one at halftime against the Cowboys. I want to say it was for 62, but he had the leg in it. And he was just a little off to the right. Greg the leg got that moniker when he was making 60 yarders his rookie year, and he's continued that. All right, we'll take a break here. When we come back, Carter Bryant's going to join us for his weekly spot. We'll talk a lot of Saints, Rams, and AFC, NFC title games. Carter Bryant into the show next here. I'm Seth Dunlap, and this is The Last Lap. 
You know what this music means? Oh, yeah, we're talking football all day, of course. You know, I was doing a little radio scouting myself today. We're doing a little film study, and I ran into some film of of Carter Bryant and Ben Mintz talking about Saints Rams earlier today. And uh, I got a feeling that Carter thinks this is going to be a much closer game and uh, than most of us actually expect. At least that's what my scouting report tells me, Carter Bryant, at Carter the Power on Twitter. He's going to join us now, host of the Carter Bryant Show on 1071 FM, 1400 AM in South Arkansas, and of course, a stand up comic as well. Yeah, Carter, what's up with that, man? Hey, I want to ask you a question. Um, <laughs> and, and, and this is it. So we all do this. Like, whenever we go out, we always want to hang out with people that are responsible, right? And, sure. you know, whenever we go in a hostile environment and we hang out with people that are irresponsible, that's what they're going to do. They're going to do bad stuff. But imagine if you're still going out with that same group of people and you go out to an even more hostile environment, it's going to get even worse unless you make drastic changes. And that is how I feel about this Rams and Saints game with the middle of the Saints offensive line that they were pummeled. They were beaten down by Fletcher Cox, who's a great player. But guess what? A healthy Aaron Donald, a very motivated and dominant Sue are coming. And they're very irresponsible people. They like to cause havoc. And those guys are just incredible interior linemen when Indominus Sue is motivated and playing hard. And last week, they were incredible against Ezekiel Elliott and, and the Dallas, uh, I almost said the Mavericks, Dallas Cowboys. So I, I really, really, really hope Sean Payton and Drew Brees are able to work around something that last week almost cost the Saints a chance to go to the Super Bowl because they could not block. Fletcher Cox, who was playing on one leg, said on one leg. Yeah, when he came back on that one leg, first play or second play when he was back, pancake on Pete, and then he's in the face of Drew Brees. No, I have the same concerns, Carter, and Larry Holder, who was on before you, he was only the second guy I've heard this week that says, I don't know if you actually go Pete in this game. Uh, Hurt feelings or whatever, you got to find the guy who's best in that game in that moment. Admirable that he played last week, but again, admirable doesn't mean good. Right, and Who's that going to be? Is that going to be uh, a friend of mine, a guy that I interviewed before we ever stepped foot at LSU? Will Clapp is he going to be the guy? And and that's a tough spot to put a inexperienced guard going up against probably the most talented defensive tackle we've seen since Warren Sapp. So uh, we'll see. I, I know Sean and Drew are going to game plan around that because simply put, you, you can't win a game against uh, a defensive line that caused so much havoc in the backfield. With that said, Seth, you know, I, I've never seen an interior of an offensive line get pummeled like that and then also dominate the time of possession by 18 minutes, which is what the Saints did last week. That just blows my mind. And the reason why they did do that was because Drew Brees overcame amazing obstacle. Long third down, long third down, long third down. Saints were 8 of 15 on third down last week. Seth, 8 of 15. Just remember all the third and longs that they completed last week. You got to have Drew Brees have that kind of game again. And then also something else no Sheldon Rankins in this game. And last week, the Rams' offensive line was dominant against a very talented Dallas Cowboys defensive line. So I'm very worried. Very. So I share your concern about that Rams defensive front against a beat up Saints offensive line, even though they have their five starters at the beginning of the year. Uh, ready to go. I share that concern. You know what outweighs it for me? 
road Jared Goff. Speaking of hostile environments, right. he has not been good on the road, and he hasn't even faced anything like what he's going to see on Sunday in the in the dome. Again, ten touchdowns, nine interceptions on the road, sixty percent passer, eighty-two quarterback ranking. I mean, he is Case Keenum on the road. He's Tom Brady at home, and I think when the Superdome is loud, like it will be on Sunday, I just can see Jared Goff melting under this pressure in a, in a place that he's never been in in his career before. Yeah, and he really has tanked on the road. I mean, we saw uh, when he was in Chicago, uh, albeit that was a cold outdoor game, still, like we've seen him crumble under pressure this year. Here's something else, and this might not roll over well with a lot of people, but third down, game in the balance, Sean Payton on third and eight ran Kamara for a loss of three yards. And I've seen Sean do this. He'll get a little tight in big spots and, and trust his running game. Is he going to let Drew Brees decide this game? That's all I want. And here's the thing, Seth. If the Saints had lost last week, and let's say Alshon Jeffrey catches that football, we would be talking about that very play. Just because the end result's different doesn't mean we shouldn't talk about it. No. You gotta I... let Drew Brees, you got to let Drew Brees decide this game. And Sean's done a heck of a job coaching this team this year. I mean, comeback after comeback, big spot after big, big spot. I mean, I was just thinking about that comeback against Tampa Bay earlier this year. Sean never panicked. Still ran the football, still was able to come through with big play calls. I, I'm I'm just hoping, hoping that in this game you let Drew Brees decide this game, even in a spot where you just want to run it and get in the field goal range. No, on third and eight in a similar spot like that, letting them the nine, the greatest quarterback to ever play in New Orleans, decide it. Carter Bryant's on the program, host of the Carter Bryant Show on 107.1 FM at 1400 AM in South Arkansas, at Carter the Power. You know what else we would be talking about all week long and all offseason long had the Saints lost that game? Will Lutz shanking that field goal, and it wasn't a close miss. It was really wide right. We just got done talking about it before you were on the air. Are you concerned at any level, whether that's a you know concern level of 1 or concern level of 10, about Will Lutz and his mental state after missing that kick? No, I'm not. I'm not worried about that. I mean, you can't. You can't really worry about that. I mean, he's been unbelievably accurate this year. I mean, it's not like Cody Parkey who had missed a bunch of kicks leading in. You know, there was. You, you shouldn't feel that way. Albeit, kicking a game-winning kick to go to the Super Bowl is a lot different. And you know, I really do believe this is going to be a field goal game either way. Which, you know, at three and a half with the Rams, I think that's. Uh, if I had to play, I think that's how I would play it because I do think the Saints are going to win on a game-winning field goal. I mean, I had a dream about it. I thought I, I just had a dream that the game would go exactly the same as uh, the NFC Championship game the last time <laughs> it was in the Dome against the Vikings. So um, I feel confident in my Hoodats. I, I think they'll take care of business. But the lines, I'm really worried when one team, in my opinion, has an offensive and defensive line advantage going into a game. But – the Houdat Nation will be there. It'll be loud, and that'll help cancel that out. Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's talk about the other game, which is also going to be fantastic. This may be the best two championship games as a whole that we've had in quite a while. It's the Chiefs and it's the Patriots in cold weather. And yes, the home field undoubtedly helps Kansas City uh, immensely in this game. You know this, Carter. I heard you talking about it on your show today when I was doing that scouting. They're facing the best cold-weather quarterback in the history of football. Tom Brady is the GOAT in a lot of things. He's the GOAT in cold weather. He's 24-4 and when it's under 30 degrees. He's 5-1 and when it's under uh, 20 degrees. 
I think that might play a factor here, Carter. I don't exactly know where I'm going with this game yet. I'm leaning Kansas City, but that should be one hell of a ball game too. Yeah, the winner helps the Patriots. I'd, I'd have to disagree. You know, it's slows down the Chiefs. That's where they have the big advantage. They're the fastest offense in the NFL in my, in, in my mind. And obviously, if there's an Arctic blast, that's going to slow you down. And, you know, there's a lot of people saying, oh, well, there's going to be an under, and this could be an under, and that could be able to move the ball. I, I do think this is going to be a, a game where there's going to be a lot of scoring because uh, I, I just think the Chiefs and Patriots are going to spread each other out. And I do lean Kansas City simply because of all the speed that they have. But I would be worried that in an Arctic blast, you trust the intermediate genius that is Tom Brady. So I'm leaning Kansas City with you, and I'm also fading the under. I like the over in this. Yeah, especially as it's come down to 55 or something. I'm with you there. Right. All right, sports talky question for you here. And this is yeah, courtesy of, of Tim Zimmer. Who's the worst coach remaining out of these four? Four, certainly three Hall of Fame guys, maybe four when McVay's done. Who's the worst coach out of these four? Ooh, well, you got to mark out Belichick. Um, that's the one guy you can't say is the worst. So it's it comes down to three. Sean Payton's coaching at home. I, you know, if, I, if if there was a ranking of who I would who I would pick, I would. I would go McVay one because he's the youngest, but if we're basing it just off of coaching talent and pedigree, I would probably say Sean is third, Andy's fourth, even though Andy's I don't know. I, I would <laughs> probably go I would probably go Belichick. I'd probably go McVay because I think McVay has by far the least talented quarterback and arguably he's had the best offense all year long. And then I would probably go Sean, and then I'll probably go Andy, simply because Andy can come with those clock management issues. But it, it, it's tight all around. But I would definitely go Belichick, McVay, one and two. Yeah, that's a great question, Tim. You want to weigh in on this? I was going to go Belichick, Peyton, because he won a Super Bowl, then McVay, and then um, you know the Chiefs coach because he can't he can't win a Super Bowl. <laughs> he just the Chiefs coach, no even Andy Reid here. Uh, only about uh, thirty seconds left, but uh, prediction time here. You want to give us one? Or you want to save it for your show, Carter? Oh no, no, no. We're going we're going Saints Chiefs Super Bowl. Another one versus one matchup. I'm rolling with the chalk, baby. Who that nation? Let's do it. All right, Ch rock chalk here. Here we go, Carter. I was appreciated, man. Enjoy the weekend of great football and who that. Any day, baby. Talk to you next week. There we go. At Carter the Power on Twitter. And again, Carter Bryant Show, 1071 FM and 1400 AM up in South Arkansas. I know we are up there at night. Be sure you tune in to him in the morning. I believe it's a 6 to 9 AM show up there. Let me take a break. We are going to take a break, rather. When we come back, your phone calls at 504 260 1870. Text line open at 870-870. Tim Zimmer, Seth Dunlap here on the last lap. There's nothing that gets me fired up quite like NFL films. I keep telling you that. It just gets the, gets the blood boiling here a little bit. All right, to the phone lines we go. Henry in Mid-City. Welcome into the show. Hey, how's it going, Seth? Hey, who dat? How are you? Who dat? Yeah, I was just, uh, just wanted to elaborate on just pretty much the outcome of the game and just, uh, you know, uh, shine some light on the fact that, uh, you know, a lot of people, are, you know, I hear a lot of talks of the Dominican Sioux and, you know, uh, Aaron Donald, but when you look at the history of Sean
Sean Payton and Drew Brees, there has never been a defensive lineman that dominated uh, uh, the game and actually took over the game and, and, you know, and in that era, in that Sean Payton, Drew Brees era. You, you can't name one defensive guy that actually took over a game. Are you saying against the Saints? Drew Brees era. Right, right. I'm saying I, you're you're kind of breaking up. But are you saying you you can't remember a defensive lineman taking over against the Saints? Taking over a game, like just right, right, right. Against the Saints. Okay, okay. I got you, Henry. Yeah, you're breaking up here a little bit. Um, but I think I, I I just was trying to figure out if you meant just in general in the NFL or you meant against the Saints. Uh, you meant against the Saints there. Oh well, just look at last week. Just look at last week. One of the reasons why the Saints only scored 20 points and had tremendous problems throughout that game was because of Fletcher Cox who was injured and like Carter said he was basically playing on one leg there for the second half of the game and that was pretty close to taking over that ball game Fletcher Cox play after play after play he was in the Saints backfield doesn't always show up in the sack numbers or tackle for loss numbers but incredibly disruptive so just, just watch out just be careful here about Aaron Donald don't underestimate the best defensive player in football right now look I have watched all the great ones for a long time across that defensive line Aaron Donald and J.J. Watt are the two best defensive linemen of this era and it's not even close you must throw Aaron Donald right next to J.J. Watt when you start talking about the greatest defensive lineman, again, of this era in the National Football League. He has an incredibly high motor, low center of gravity, good against the run, incredibly good and great against the pass. He's a good teammate. He's fiery. He plays his best against the best teams and in the biggest moments. And he's finally getting the recognition that, frankly, he's deserved for about five years. With the last year winning the Defensive Player of the Year award, and this year he's going to win it again. I wonder if that might be unanimous. Tim, you think we're going to get a unanimous Defensive Player of the Year award here for Aaron Donald? I think we will, but to speak on Fletcher Cox here, the Saints played him in 2015. Uh, Fletcher Cox had three sacks against the Saints in that exact game as well. There you go. So you're right about Fletcher Cox. Yeah, Fletcher Cox is just silly. I mean, there's Aaron Donald, and then there's Fletcher Cox. He's not Aaron Donald, but he's Fletcher Cox, and he'll be a Hall of Famer himself. Text from the 985, McVay also has Wade Phillips for his defensive coordinator. Big reason why he's so successful. Text from the 985, Belichick Super Bowls, Peyton Super Bowl, Reed, Benda Super Bowl, McVay, Newby. So that's the order you'd go, ranking those coaches one through four. Belichick, Peyton, Reed, and McVay. Yeah, it's a little sports talky, water cooler question. But yeah, rank the coaches remaining. How would you rank them? Four really good to great coaches, no doubt about it. Text from the 985, you're going to be there Sunday, Seth. Oh, I wouldn't miss it. Forget about it if I was working or not. This is one that I would be at. I will be working it. So yes, I will be up there. I'll be sitting right to the left. I'm not going to change what happened last week. Sitting to the left of Mike Dettelier and Steve Court. And Bobby Bear, Christian is uh, shifted over. I'm actually taking his spot up there. Went back and forth. I said, man, Christian, we were texting earlier today. I really feel bad about taking your spot up there on press row. And I said, look, um, I'll figure out another way to do my job, need a laptop spot and stuff. And he says, no, I'll just go into the booth. I really enjoy watching it in the booth with, with Zach and Deuce and Robert Carroll and everybody. And I was like, okay, yeah. So there you go. 
So, yes, we will not be changing up anything from last week. You got any superstitions, Tim? You're not going to change up from last week? They, if I, Look, I, I, I don't lean superstitious, but there are some superstitious tendencies of mine. Maybe that's one. I'll be right where I was. I just wear the same polo for every game. That's about it. <laughs> well, like, I wash the polo. Wash between, it. But, like, okay. I, I, wore it for every, I wear it for every game. Even for the Cowboys game this season, I wore, I'm still wearing the same polo. Oh, boy. Yeah, just make sure you wash that thing in here. I'm glad there's glass between you and I. Uh, phone calls at 504-260-1870. Text line is 870-870. When we come back, we'll go behind enemy lines. Joe Curley out in Los Angeles for the Ventura County Star. We'll talk a little Rams perspective on this matchup next on The Last Lap. Now, look, we have analyzed Saints-Rams through every possible angle just about here locally, also nationally, but the one angle we haven't got is from Los Angeles. So right now, we'll head out to L.A. It's Joe Curley of the Ventura County Star at VCS. Joe Curley covers the Rams there. Second time on the program, I believe, in self-described Sean Payton warm-up act. As Sean will be on the show next hour, <laughs> replaying his press conference. Uh, Joe, welcome into the show, man. I hope you're enjoying the week so far. Thanks for having me. What a uh, what a time to be alive in Los Angeles. Oh. NFL playoff football. Yeah, it's. Uh, been a long, long time since you've been able to talk about conference championship football there in LA, Joe. Yeah, thirty years since their uh, since the Los Angeles Rams last won a playoff game. So for uh, three decades, I think it's twenty nine years. So certainly uh, an historic occasion having the Cowboys, who have their own Southern California ties, having them in town last week. Uh, just a tremendous night at the Coliseum, and um, you know, and now to set this up to send the team off to. Uh, you know, on a weekend where you've got, you know, really the four best teams in football playing, um, you know, just a you know, tremendous, uh, tremendous week. It's been absolutely packed at the Rams facility. And uh, as uh, we all try to figure out uh, what uh, an NFC championship game for a Los Angeles team means, certainly been uh, quite some, some time since we've tasted this sort of football out here. But, uh, you know, everyone's really looking forward to it i'm sure so what have been the headlines out there in la as you approach this game what are what are people most intrigued by as you kind of delve into this matchup over there uh gumbo a lot of gumbo <laughs> right. uh, apparently not seafood of, by the uh, way says sean the non-seafood yeah. guy a lot of marcus peters a lot of uh you know the, the great matchups you've got at the head coaching position the great you know the two similar guys uh great matchup at the quarterback position certainly uh you know, how Jared Goff will perform in, uh, you know, a big spot for him. Uh, and whether or not this Rams defense uh, finally is going to be worth the money that the team uh, outlaid there uh, in the offseason to put together uh, certainly a big-name defense. And, you know, we're going to see whether or not they're a, a big-time playoff defense this weekend. Have you seen improvement of that defense since uh, Keeb Tlaib's return down the stretch here? Definitely. I mean, certainly the main difference between – you know, the Rams team that you guys saw in week nine and, and this team will be the trade of of Cooper Cup for Akeem Tlaib um, and Dante Fowler kind of being more than just a, uh, you know, a, he was in his kind of first week there, you know, trying to figure everything out. Um, you know, certainly this defense has, um, you know, has made significant strides since December. Uh, but I think some of the biggest uh, 
uh, ways in which they, they certainly look like they've improved is, uh, you know, that team that, that played against Dallas, you have Indominican Sue playing, you know, looking like his old self. I mean, I think, what you know, the, the Rams kind of, um, uh, you know, used him as a rental, got a veteran in here, maybe, uh, you know, a little bit past his prime. You know, they've got the, the current model in, in Aaron Donald, and they've got the, the former model in, in, uh, in Indominican Sue, but he really looked like, you know, his old self uh, on Saturday at the Coliseum have one of the great reasons why they were able to, to limit Zeke Elliott and um, kind of carry through that game plan. And, and certainly he's going to be a big part of the game plan on, uh, on Saturday. So, I, you know, I definitely think that, you know, they hadn't lived up to the, to the hype, um, but if they go and, and string three great games together in the playoffs, I don't think any Rams are gonna, Ram fans are going to be uh, complaining about spending all that money on all these big names in the offseason. You know, it's it's so interesting. Uh, you got that great defensive front, but the Rams throughout the season, they'd just been so poor against the run. I think it was 28th in DVOA against the run, but didn't matter last right. week because you shut down Ezekiel and that Cowboys rushing attack. Is that a concern here? You think they fixed the problems or some of them that they had earlier in the season? I mean, I certainly think that Alvin Kamara and and, and uh, Mark Ingram are concerns no matter who your defense is. I mean, I think they're, you know, that kind of elite, um, you know, group with that, especially with the offensive front that the Saints have. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. You know, none of this past, you know, really matters, um, you know, when you're going up against that sort of opponent. Um, but I do think the, the whole looking at the, you know, the stats aspect of, of especially, the, you know, the way I look at it is regular season and postseason football are totally different. I mean, look at what happened to the Texans who were so great against the run. And then, um, you know, that everything flipped on its head uh, in their loss to the Colts. I mean, certainly what we saw last week, everyone, um, you know, basically south of Oklahoma said there was no way that Rams were going to be able to stop Zeke Elliott. And, you know, uh, we saw that game. The Rams were the team that, that made the Cowboys look like they couldn't stop the run. Um you know, and so I think, um, you know, I, I, when you look at the elite talent that the Saints have up front, it's an issue, and it'd be an issue whether or not, you know, this current Rams team or whether or not they still have the fearsome foursome. I mean, um, you know, that they, uh, you know, really, um, you know, that to me it's really about this one game, and, and I don't really, you know, whether or not they were first, fifth, or 25th against the run, I don't really think it matters because the – playoffs are, are a different brand of football you know in my mind joe curley joining us here on the last lap covers the la rams for the ventura county star at vcs joe curley uh, how's todd Gurley coming into this one is he fully healthy yeah he's fine he's um you know what he's been all year i think part of what came out after um you know during his kind of two-week rest at the end of the year um is that you know he said that he picked up the initial injury monday night football season opener against the uh against Oakland. So this is somebody who scored 21 touchdowns in 14 games carrying, uh, you know, the same injury he has now or, you know, the, the beginnings of the same injury. So, I, you know, I think he looked like himself last week. I think the, the, the carry split was more about uh, either riding C.J. Anderson's hot hand or maybe, uh, you know, ramping up Gurley after, a, you know, a week being off or a month off the field and, you know, maybe his, uh, his you know, wind wasn't, uh, you know, quite 100%. Um, you know, but I do think if they want to go and, you know, uh, you know ride the highest paid running back in the NFL this weekend, I think it's it's totally possible. I think they, they absolutely could do that, give them the ball however much they want to give them the ball. But certainly, uh, you know, having C.J. Anderson, you know, having Gurley as, a, as not just a, 
um, you know, a running danger, but but somebody who could make big plays in the passing game. I think, you know, they'll dice up that uh, that workload. Uh, however, they feel it, you know, it, it's going to work this weekend. But I think the possibility is there that you know they could uh, ride Todd as much as they want to this weekend. I think he's fine. Yeah, you mentioned it, that two-headed rushing attack, 273 yards against the Cowboys' defense. What's the plan of attack this week against the Saints? Do you think it's going to be something similar? Is it pound the rock and then a lot of play action? And I know that's kind of been the theme all year. I guess my question is, do they think that they can run the football against the Saints like they ran it against the Cowboys? Well, I mean, I don't know if they feel like you know, I don't think they felt like they could run the ball for 300 yards against Dallas, and, and that's what happened. But certainly, you know, the, the way I look at that um, is the Rams are totally healthy up front. I mean, we were joking today about the totally clean um, uh, injury report. It's just ridiculous that this team's on week 20, and, uh, you know, there's nothing to report injury-wise. And, you know, so they're 100 – you know, they, they're, they've got their original starting five offensive line. They've got not only Todd Gurley – um, you know, about as fit as you can be for a running back this, this late of the season. You know, certainly, uh, you know, C.J. Anderson got up in front of the media today and called himself the, the freshest running back in the NFL right now because he's only played three games, um, you know, doing, you know, having just an un- unbelievable run coming off the street and having three straight 100-yard games. But, you know, the way I look at it is the Rams are 100%, you know, in their running game, and obviously the Saints are not with the, you know, the injury that, that Rankin suffered last week. So, you know, certainly – um, you know, that Saints defense poses a, a, a big problem. They've got, you know, great players. I think they're, you know, probably even under, you know, maybe outside the bayou. They're probably underrated in the rest of the country in terms of, of the talent they have on that backside. But, um, you know, they're not 100%. And I think that's one thing that uh, the, um, you know, the Rams have going for them this weekend is that, uh, you know, if they want to continue to do what they did last week, you know, with some tweaks to kind of make the matchups work. I think it's possible. I mean, I, I, you know, obviously the key to this offense is the play action and getting Jared Goff, um, you know, uh, pulling the strings of the, of the defense. Um, so, and, and he's played really well in that dome, but uh, you know, if they want to hand the ball to Todd and, and, and CJ and, and let the cards fall with it where they may, I, I think it's certainly, uh, you know, an option. Yeah, speaking of Jared Goff, we've documented his road struggles and the splits home away. What's your perspective on the struggles of the third-year quarterback on the road? Yeah, the way I look at the the two the back-to-back losses, the first back-to-back losses in Sean McVay's tenure, the the rough performances against uh, New Orleans and in Philly. If you watch those film, it, it's really the the you know the, the line had two rough games. You had um, you know obviously the Bears. You know, probably the best defense in football, and um, uh, you know Philly. They were both able to get a lot of pressure, especially up the middle, getting his face. Uh, they sped him up, and it took him a little bit. It took kind of two, you know, warm-up games really against the uh, the Niners and the Cardinals to kind of get you know um, snap him back to normal. Um, and you know, I thought he was you know I thought he was decent last week. I don't think it was great. Um, but, you know, on the plus side, I, I do think he's played really well in that building. Um, you know, he had obviously maybe the only decent performance of his rookie year was in the Dome. Um, you know, we, th- that was the place where he really started to show just a little bit of a glimmer of of what the Rams were looking at when they made him the number one overall pick when they, they got beat down there when uh, Mark Ingram had that big game a couple three years ago and then you know i i think he played pretty well uh in the loss you know you get down 21 nothing or 21 points in that uh 
you know, 35, 14, whatever it was in that building to dig the, you know, your team out of that hole, tie the game up. I thought was really impressive. Um, obviously, uh, you know, they, they weren't able to finish it off, but you know, it's one reason why I, I do think uh, this game is a coin flip and so much of it's going to come down to, to how well he plays, how, how much pressure the saints are able to, to put on him. If they're able to get him sped up uh, like he was at, at, in, you know, at times against uh, Chicago and, and Philly and um but yeah, you know, I, I think a lot of the Rams' hopes this weekend are going to rest on their their third year quarterback, Joe Curley, who covers the Rams for the Ventura County Star. Joe, always appreciate the conversation, man, and again, enjoy the heck out of this game. And uh, are you coming down to New Orleans uh, for Sunday? Uh, no, we're uh, you know we'll, there we have other people. Uh, I got duties here, but gotcha. uh, you know we'll uh, we'll see. Uh, I hope uh, you know. Good luck. Uh, have a, a great Sunday, all Saints fans. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I do think as a football fan, you know, you've got the four best teams in football. Um, and I think both of those games are uh, are just going to be epic. I love the fact that they're rematches, so the coaches are able to kind of, um, you know, go back to those games and, uh, um, you know, give us kind of an act two and uh, yeah. give, you know, some points of reference. But, uh, you know, certainly uh, a lot of fun. So yeah, enjoy it. No doubt about it. Uh, thanks so much, Joe. We'll talk to you again. No problem. All right, Joe Curley of the Ventura County Star at VCS Joe Curley. Thanks for his perspective, uh, to him for his perspective behind enemy lines here for the Rams. When we come back, more of your calls at 504-260-1870. Text line is 870-870. I'm Seth Dunlap. Tim Zimmer here as well. And the last lap continues on WWL. Tomorrow, it's fans and the pros with Zach Street and Deuce McAllister. The Saints are going away from the Super Bowl. They're going to ask you, the fans, how confident are you that the Saints will beat the Rams and what worries you most about this matchup? Plus, who are you picking in the AFC game? Chiefs or Patriots? You can huddle up with them 4 to 8 p.m. Fans and pros. And then it's the last lap right here. Myself and Tim will take it to 1030, 8 to 1030 on WWL. Also on Saturday, it's your chance to join our special Houdat Pep Rally with Bobby Bear, Deuce McAllister, and myself. Special edition of Sports Talk, the Houdat Pep Rally edition, out at Rouse's in Metairie at Betts and Causeway. Come on out. We have a blast with these. Set up some chairs. You're able to sit there, get some autographs, have some food, listen to some great sports talk, and meet Bobby and Deuce, get some autographs, and come say hi. Again, 2,900 bets at Causeway. That's Rouse's out in Metairie Saturday, noon to 3 on WWL. To the phone lines we go. It's Jason and Destrahan tonight. Jason, thanks for calling, man. Jason, are you there? How's it going? Hey, good. What's up? Nothing. Look. I think Sunday is going to come down to a chess match between the offensive line coach and the defensive line coach, because to, to borrow some dialogue from one of my favorite cheesy 90s Steven Seagal movies, the Rams know the Saints weak point on the offensive line. The Saints know the weak point on the offensive line. The Rams know that we know the Saints know that the Rams know that we know and everybody (laughs) knows. So the question is, you know, are the Saints going to try to have Andrews Peak figure it out on his own because you know the Rams are going to line up Aaron Donald on him being the weak spot statistically. Now, I know they like to move him around, but they're going to want to exploit the offensive line, and it would be smart coaching to line up Andrews, to line up Andrews Peak with um, Aaron Donald. So are the Saints going to try to have Aaron Donald figure it out by himself or Andrews Peak to figure it out by himself 
or are they going to come right off the bat and say, okay, we need to give them some help because we don't need a slow start like the Eagles. Yeah, we're going to watch. We're going to figure that out, Jason, really early here. That is maybe the thing I'll be watching for the most in the opening five, ten minutes of that game, first drive uh, for the Saints offensively, no doubt about that. By the way, we call that levels in poker, uh, levels of thinking. So first level thinking would be, now the Rams know that the Saints have issues on the interior of the line. Second level, Saints know the Rams know. Third level, Rams know, the Saints know, the Rams know. Yeah, it's called levels in poker. Do a lot of that. Levels thinking. It's good stuff there, Jason. One more hour of the last lap after the news. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.